Welcome to the Let's Think About That podcast where we don't just react. We'll break it down and think about it. We're going to talk news, law, sports, whatever we're thinking about. We're your host, Ed Yeager and Lee Allen. Lee, how are you? How, how is everything in the Emerald City? I uh, shouldn't complain and it wouldn't do any good if I did. How are you? Things are good. Things are good. So, yeah, I guess the big story this week, which is it's kind of one no one knows a lot about, it has to do with these leaks from the Pentagon. Yeah. And it's not like uh, it's not like leaks are a new thing, certainly for many government agency and, and definitely the Department of Defense has had its share of leaks before. But uh, no one seems to have any explanation for who did it or or, or anything about it. No. And, and there's apparently a, a consent uh, among at least the major media outlets uh, to refrain from publishing uh, the items that have been leaked. So not only do you not know a lot of the background, you don't know what it's about. And, and I think, frankly, that's admirable on their part to, to not publish something that might be harmful to our national security. But it is, you know, disturbing that that this happens. Um, my understanding is that these are from a almost like a PowerPoint presentation. Uh, it's a computer uh, deal and something like somewhere between a thousand and 5,000 uh, people were provided these, it's a slideshow, were provided these slides. It would be difficult at best to figure out who did this if they're not willing to come forward and say why. Um, sort of grandstand and try to turn themselves into a modern day Daniel Ellsberg or something. You correctly point out it is admirable if, if the American news media is not printing some salacious secrets, which could damage national security. I did see a story in um, BBC.com today. Uh, they're printing some information from it. And it's, it's rather interesting because they're reporting that there are five Western countries, UK being the largest, but America being one also. Uh, with contingents of forces, boots on the ground in the Ukraine. Uh, and even uh, Admiral Kirby had to respond to that from uh, uh, the podium today and say, well, they're mostly just working out at the embassy for security, but there's not been a much of an explanation. And going back to all of our conversations about what's happening in, in the Ukraine, now you're hearing about Americans on the ground. And if you believe that they're only pulling security, that seems a little hard to believe. That explanation is troubling. You know, what I what I expected to have heard is, well, somewhere in the Pentagon, there is a war plan for the United States to be engaged in um, military action against every country in the world. Because, you you know, you don't want to have to start from scratch if something happens. And at least it, that, that gives you a something of a base upon which to build um, a, a response to something that the, uh, the military may need to respond to. I, that's what I would have hoped and expected and said, you know, it's not. It doesn't reflect any particular current plan to put boots on the ground. The excuse about the embassy is is troubling. Right before the war started, we pulled the embassy people out. Right. You know, I don't know how many how many Marines are there as part of the security. I'm sure it's it's beefed up, but not enough to matter. So that that that's frankly troubling. Uh, that they would say that, or he would say that. Of course, you know, I, I always thought he was a pretty straight shooter until that mess last week where he just walked up there and blatantly lied about the withdrawal in Afghanistan not being chaotic and that we didn't leave 
millions and millions of uh, dollars worth of equipment there and so forth. Uh, and that's when he should have said to his superior, and I guess that's Lloyd Austin. Well, no, he's on the he's the national security spokesman, so it'd be Jake, whatever his name is, Sullivan, Jake yeah. Sullivan. Yeah, um, I'm not going to do it, sir, and 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 I'll quit if I have to. And he didn't do it. No, no. And, and frankly, you know, everyone who's talked about this story about the leaks, I seem just a little rattled about it because they don't know. Yeah. Uh, apparently, this information been sitting on a server for some gaming platform for they don't know how long. And uh, people came across it. So they don't know what else is out there or what else might be dropping at some point. But they do know whose fault it will be. It will, it will be Trump's fault. Exactly. Exactly. And speaking of Trump, uh, you know, it kind of follow on what our conversations were last week. Today, he sued Michael Cohen for $500 million. In federal court, I guess the federal court would be based on diversity. Diversity, jurisdiction, meaning they're in different states. You know, certainly, Michael Cohen doesn't have $500 million. I, I wonder about that. I mean, it gives, it, 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 it gives Cohen the opportunity to uh, sling more mud. And accuse and and uh, delve into the kinds of things that they talked about in within the attorney-client relationship, and I, I just wonder if that was wise strategy, as opposed to just painting him as the convicted felon and you know dishonorable lout that he is. Yeah, does that have the uh, effect of waiving attorney-client privilege? It does. That's At least it is. So yeah. Trump being the client now. Cohen can talk about anything that was said between the two of them, apparently, although, you know, Cohen has some credibility problems. Yeah, it's yeah, I just, you know, you wonder if if it's a, if it's a distraction uh, as opposed to, you know, something that would have some benefit to the president, the former president. Yeah. The other thing, Lee, I want to circle back to a conversation that we had on here last week about the number of Chinese nationals that have been found at the southern border. Uh, you know, as we talked about, it was a huge spike since the beginning of the fiscal year with thousands more. And, and the question is, how are they getting there from China, et cetera? You know, what are their plans to be here? Uh, so we reached out to Todd Bensman, who is an, an immigration analyst with the Center for Immigration Studies and a friend of the pod. He's been on a couple of times before. And he's actually reporting in Mexico now. But he did respond to our request for information. <clears throat> and he said, you know, there have always been some coming across the border, but there was an uptick now because the Biden administration has confirmed that they're admitting all Chinese nationals at the border, making them eligible for immediate financial aid and work authorization. So that they're investing something like $30,000 or more in travel and smugglers fees and they feel like they're going to get it back immediately almost once they get into the country. Uh, also, he said, and, and this was something I hadn't heard before, that Ecuador's Bureau of Tourism has an advertising campaign now targeting Chinese nationals and making it super easy to get a visa to Ecuador so that they can fly to Ecuador and then head to America. And... I thought, wow. And, and, you know, I wondered, well, are they still allowed, allowed to leave China? And, and according to Todd, you know, if they have a return ticket, they're allowed to leave China if you're in a certain status within the PRC, People's Republic of China. But what they do is they buy round trip tickets and they just ditch the return trip ticket. 
once they get there and then head for America. So if some of them could be spies, some of them could be activated in the future by the Chinese government against America. We don't know the purposes, but that gives a little bit more context to how so many are showing up at the southern border now. It does. And it it it, it highlights the problem. Uh, and it, it also illustrates Todd's expertise down there. And, you know, I, I thought uh, was today, Wednesday, Monday, uh, when the Biden administration determined that the COVID-19 pandemic uh, threat was over. And Well, wait a minute. Did they determine that or did they just willingly or, or kicking and screamingly sign the bill passed by Congress? Well, yeah, you're right. They accepted it. Maybe. Okay. They kicking and screaming. It, yeah. But 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 regardless, what 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 it, the fallout, at least as far as the the, the border goes, and, and you've talked about this before, is that Title 42, which is the the means by which I think something like 40 percent of the people try, crossing the border illegally were sent back ends on May 11th. And so after that, um, if nothing changes legally and it won't. Everybody that comes across the border illegally gets to stay. Yeah. And, you know, I, I just we've had millions. With 42. Are we going to have tens of millions without it? I don't know. I got to wonder when uh, Central America and South America is going to run out of people. Uh, <laughs> yeah. They all move here and the earth tips over. And then they have the Chinese, though. Well, there you go. Yeah. Uh, you know, and, and I've been I've been reading some of Todd, Todd Benzman here lately, and he's he's uh, he had an excellent piece within the last couple of weeks about the effect of all these folks coming across the border on on these particularly rural or smaller uh, public school systems in Texas. And he described, and I thought it was perfect, the, the public school systems of Texas are the canary in the mine, so to speak, with regard to this country's infrastructure and its ability to handle this huge, massive influx of what I would call illegal aliens, but but what we're now supposed to call uh, uh, refugees or undocumented or, or whatever the term of art du jour is. Of course, aliens is still the word in the U.S. code. That's right. And, and we, we go by the U.S. code here on the pod. No, it is the law. Yeah, we are we are fans, and and we still believe the law is the law. Yeah, and it means what it says, and no more, no less. But that's a great point about the schools. That you know, quite frankly, not just schools, but I imagine hospitals, social service systems, shelters, churches, all of those institutions in Texas that have to be under an incredible strain for the number of people there. And obviously this isn't just a Texas or just a border issue anymore because of how many have been, you know, gone, you know, flooded throughout the U S throughout the, the rest of the country, but it still has to be an incredible strain on those towns. Yeah, that, that's right. It's, it's not the only thing. It, it, it probably is the canary in the mind because it's the immediate thing. You know, they, they come across the border, they move into these areas where they feel, safe or comfortable based upon, uh, you know, the demographics and friends and family and so forth and so on. And, but then the kids got to go to school every day. Eh, there's an, an extra kid in the class, kid doesn't speak English. You know, what do you do? There's no, he, Todd mentions, a, you know, here's, a, 
here's Johnny or whatever his name is. He's a new student in our class. Kids, please welcome him. Johnny, I'm sorry we don't have a desk for you, but we did find a chair. Mm-hmm. You know, that kind of thing. And go home for Christmas break and come back and there's, you know, a good chunk of, uh, of an uptick in the percentage of students that have come in uh, over the Christmas break. And, you know, the schools have an obligation to these kids, but they don't have the resources to, to, to do anything close to what they, what they need. That's sad. And when you say that an obligation of these kids, there's actually a, a legal obligation of them. I remember some case can tell you the name from first year of law school, constitutional law in which, uh, you know, certain privileges in America don't extend to uh, people who aren't here legally, but that doesn't apply to schools and they're obligated to provide services. That's right. Just as they would to, you know, uh, a native born uh, student. Uh, you know, another story, Lee, that was big this week and it, another tragic story is this shooting that occurred in Louisville just a couple of days ago uh, on the hills of the shooting from Nashville just a few weeks ago. I don't know that we know a lot about either one that, you know, they apparently the, the trans shooter in Nashville had written a manifesto. They haven't released it. Nothing's leaked out about what was in it. Not much has come out about the shooting in Louisville. I mean, definitely there's something that somebody doesn't want out about the Tennessee shooting. Uh, they were very quick to say that there was a, uh, a manifesto in the, in the, in the days, if not the hours following that shooting, and then it would be released as soon as the FBI was finished with it. But um, we still don't have it, which leads to speculation by those who like conspiracy theories that it's being rewritten or whitewashed or redacted or, or whatever, um, which is not good. Th- those those sorts of things, you know, they never help because if they're not, you know, and the truth is the truth and. Sunshine is the best antiseptic, and that 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 remains a a given. So, so we wonder why. Uh, you know, there's a lot of speculation that it has to do with a a message to the trans world and and and, and the trans world supporters that more of this should happen. There's speculation that it's an anti-Christian uh, message. Uh, there's speculation that you know that they're, 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 it could be used to tie. Uh, some of the uh, pharmaceuticals that may have been prescribed for, for that individual to violence, uh, you know, or do they make one more prone to violence and so forth? And it's, I think it's critical to understand what's going on for it to come out. And then of course it could be just the fact that, you know, this person doesn't fit the, the media's narrative for a gun toting nut. And therefore, you know, that's kind of going to be the end of it. Apparently the shooter in Nashville was a leftist nut too. And, you know, some of his social media was captured before it got shut down. And it's, it, it apparently shows that I understand his family released a statement probably earlier today, uh, talking about some mental health issues that he had experienced. And then there was speculation that, he had a number of concussions playing football as a young person and there are photographs online of him or there were of him having to play high school basketball with a helmet as a result of the concussions and the, 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 the worry or the concern or the theory was that maybe the concussions had, had made him prone to violence. I know that in the NFL, uh, 
concussion, college football concussion story that won't go away, nor should it. The CTE, which is the chronic traumatic encephalopathy or whatever, can cause people to change personality and in some ways become more violent. So you wonder what 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 role that may have played in this. But, you know, the bottom line is the guns didn't kill these folks. The bad guys did. Well, that's a very good point. And, you know, that always seems to get lost in these situations, which is that there was a person behind it pulling the trigger who, for whatever reason, it can be a multifaceted set of reasons from mental health medications to anti-Christian rage to many other things, but they made decisions and evil entered into the world. Yes. I saw yesterday on Instagram, I think it was, some fellow was at a a teach-in or a gathering of uh, this uh, this group that Moms Demand Action was sponsoring in uh, a gun control group, basically, right? Right. That was born out of the Sandy Hook shootings um, back in 2015. Um, but 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 he was there with a with a camera and a microphone, probably a cell phone and a microphone, but asking these folks to condemn the shooters in both Nashville and, uh, and Louisville yesterday. And now he, he showed, I don't know, six or eight folks that he interacted with because it was a, a short Instagram video, but not a single one would do it. Hmm. You know, they, they would condemn guns. Um, they would condemn mental health issues, but they wouldn't condemn the shooters. Yeah. That makes and, and no that, sense. It really doesn't. And, and it gets back to what we've talked about time and again on here what does the right have in common with the left or what does the left have in common with the right in our country anymore? You know, when you can't agree that taking a high powered rifle and killing innocent children and innocent adults deserves the perpetrator to be condemned. Where are we? Ultimately the response is often, well, if you hadn't had the gun, it wouldn't have happened. But if someone's committing evil, they could do it with a car, a knife, or, or however they might do it. There's many other ways. And we already have gun laws against murder. True. You know, they're already on the books. Um, yeah. And criminals are going to find ways to get guns if they're outlawed. Well, which is why I think what the left doesn't ever want to admit is what they would really like is, is complete confiscation. No okay. one gets a gun. No good person gets a gun. No one gets to defend themselves. And everyone has to rely on the government to do it unless you're in a small select group of people who has armed security whenever you need it. Right. Uh, I think that's exactly what they want. Well, what's on your radar for the next week? Inflation thing is bubbling still. Uh, The rate of inflation looks like it reduced a little bit this week, although the Biden administration is trying to convince folks that 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 the inflation went down. Of course, it didn't. It's just not growing quite as fast. Right. Prices were still more expensive this month than last month. Right. And 5% more expensive than this month last year. That's right. Uh, And in fact, I've read several studies that said when you get into the numbers, it's actually more troubling than that because the areas in which it decreased weren't as significant over the course of time as the areas in which stubborn inflation remained. Well, precisely. And, and energy is not considered as part of that index, and food is not considered as part of that index. Energy is going up now. And, and it is going up exponentially. 
as a result of what the EPA announced today about essentially driving the internal combustion uh, engine uh, to the graveyard. The amount of energy capacity that it would take to charge the number of electric cars that that imbecile's rule is going to require in a very few years is unfathomable. It's undoable. Uh, And that assumes that the cars work, which they really don't. And how do you get around? Because you got to plan your trip with, you know, how far can I really go before I need a charge and where can I get a charge? And I heard something like 39% of the counties in this country don't have a single charging station and 63% of the counties in this country have five or less. They, the left wants to make all Americans come into large urban areas where they can be controlled. Let's, let's talk about that just for a moment. But the, the part about the EPA regulations, because I don't have all those numbers in front of me, but and I've read a lot about it over the last um, couple of days, and then especially today as it's been, you know, in the news more. And the numbers I'm seeing are that something like 6% of vehicles are electric now. Uh-huh. Uh, and the federal government, the Biden administration, wants to put in place regulations. And what they do is they, they tell manufacturers that their fleet has to average a certain amount of, you know, certain miles per gallon, basically, or something, some standard to that effect. Well, the only way you get to that that standard is by increasing the percentage of your fleet that's electric. Right. And so, you know, by the time you work all these numbers, ultimately they're saying that in something like nine years that they would have to have 60 percent of the cars on the road would be electric. Mm-hmm. That's from six percent now. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, that's a remarkable jump. It ignores the infrastructure needs, which you just pointed out, the infrastructure, which one is not there and two can't exist to produce this much electricity. Uh, It can't be done in a green fashion and no one's going to buy into producing more coal powered plants, oil powered plants or nuclear powered plants. And they're they're not going to be approved. Well, and even if they were approved, they couldn't be built in the next 10 years because of environmental problems. And what is the the, the electric battery requires lithium? Who controls lithium? The Chinese. They've got these poor little kids, five, six years old in the Congo and places like that uh, with a spoon who are mining for lithium, you know, six days a week or something. Yeah. Lithium and cobalt. Those are, you know, very minerals and China controls. Yeah, I guess the cobalt is in Africa and the, but China controls it. And, you know, we're sitting on an inordinate amount of oil and natural gas in this country that could be used to power our economy. And the Biden administration chooses not to. And then that that man at EPA had the temerity today to say that this plan would reduce this country's dependence on foreign oil. And I will tell you, I almost turned the car over when he said it. I, I just, I, you know. It's uh, just a bizarre view of the world. It is. But but I, but I think that's going to get a lot more play in the coming week. I hope it does. I hope so, too. And I hope Congress takes some action to the extent they can. Yeah. So, Lee, I got one story that's on my radar I wanted to point out. All right. So recently, 
a number of people have spoken out against AI, artificial intelligence, and that the systems were, and not just, you know, not just anybody with a microphone. We're talking about people who are deeply involved in the tech world who've said this is moving too fast and there are dangers that we don't know about. So then I see this story today from Mike Allen, who, if you don't know Mike Allen, he started Politico, essentially built Politico into what it was, and then he jumped and started Axios. So he's got this story in Axios that comes out today, and the headline is, AI may need a body. And it says, one of the biggest things separating people from today's smartest AI systems is that humans have bodies and machines don't. Profound. So it goes on to talk about... Yeah, so it goes on to talk about these AI systems, which people are worried about now. Now we want to give them robot bodies so that they can do whatever they've thought up on their own. And I'm just thinking, what could go wrong with this? Uh, Does Aldous Huxley come to mind? Yeah. I haven't seen that story, but that's uh, I'm going to go check it out. I'll tell you that. Yeah, yeah. Check that out. What else is on the, the Jaeger radar? That's it for tonight. You got anything else? No, I'm good. All right. Well, thanks for tuning in for another episode of the Let's Think About That podcast. You can email us at comments at letsthinkpodcast.com. If you've enjoyed the show, click subscribe with your podcast provider, leave us a review, tell your friends, and spread the word. 